morning, everybody. So, yes, uh, like, like Joseph was saying, it's still quite hot. It's a lot of uh, thunder showers recently. I know there was one, I, I think, this morning in Himeji, too. Yeah, yeah, the, so the, yeah, the train stopped, and yeah, so. But uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, well, we'll have a good week and we can have a good service today. So, yeah, we'll continue our series in Acts chapter 2. Well, we'll look at the same verses, 42 to 47. Last week, we started looking at certain habits that this early church had. Right, and, and kind of what can we learn from this early church, what they did, because the Holy Spirit added to their numbers daily. <clears throat> so obviously they were doing something right that, the, that was pleasing to God. And we're not that exact church, we're not in the same time and same culture. But they were doing some things that hopefully we too can sort of copy or imitate. And the first thing we were looking at last week was teaching. They were very devoted, dedicated to God's Word. And, and I think we can all agree that everything stems from God's Word. If we want to live according to God's standards, we have to know what His ways are. And allow His Word to transform us from the inside. And so let's look at these verses and see the next word, next topic that we want to look at today. So this is Acts chapter 2:42-47. And they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and all had things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God 
and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father God, though we may not be the exact same church as it says here in Acts, May we learn from them certain habits that were pleasing to you. Such that we too may be pleasing in your eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the second topic I want to talk about today is the word fellowship. Right, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which we did last week, and the fellowship. So this word fellowship, it's, it's a tricky word. I've never used this word uh, before I became Christian, actually. Right, and, and now I sometimes maybe use it too much. Right, and when, when I just want to have lunch with a Christian friend, maybe I'll just say, let's have fellowship. Right, you kind of just have the same meaning as meeting, so to speak. But here, I, I don't think that's what it means. It means something more. So what was it? What kind of fellowship? What kind of gathering did they have? And another thing that it says is that they were selling everything that they had. And sharing their proceeds with those who are in need. Now, if, if I'm honest with myself, it would be very hard for anybody to sell everything we have for, any, for other people in the church. But maybe there are some things that they did. What was, what was the motivation behind it? What was, the, the, what was their mentality that was going on in those people that we can emulate, that we can imitate? Right. What, what was it that caused these people to be so radically transformed that they would just sell all their possessions? 
そんなことがあってこの初代の教会の人たちは物事の考えの根底から覆されるようなこのやり方全ての持ち物を打って尽くすということができたのかということを知りたいと思います。And one thing I, I, was, I, I thought of is in 1 Corinthians chapter 29. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 29.、Uh-huh. Yeah, 14 to 17. Oh, what did I say? It is Chronicles. What did I say? I said Corinthians. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 1 Chronicles. Yeah, sorry, I, I, guess, I guess we were doing Corinthians so long. Yeah, yeah, one, one Chronicles 29:14-17. Yes, thank you, Joseph. Yeah, so this is the story about King David. Right, and, and we all know, know many of his stories. Right, David started off as a young shepherd boy. Right, and, and Israel was up against the Philistines, remember? Philistines. And there was this huge giant of a soldier named Goliath. But David, he knew because God was with him that he was able to defeat lions and bears, that he, got that same God, would be here to defeat this giant. And towards the end of his life now, as king of Israel, They are now decided to start building a temple. And God tells him, No, it's going to be your son that's going to build my temple. But what David does is that he Prepares the materials, the building project that his son will do. He prepares everything so that his son can start building it. And what happens is that he Just dedicates everything that he has, and he gets every, everybody sees David doing it, and they too start dedicating everything that they have for the building of the temple. And this is what David says when he sees all this. So,、uh, 1 Chronicles 29 14 But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? 
For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. And this is how David responds when he sees everybody offering their goods to building this temple. See, what was the secret that David had of giving generously to building the temple? The secret was that he knew God's character. He knew that he served a generous God. He knew that this God is gives of his abundance to us. And so knowing that, David could not help but then give everything back to God. Because he knew that everything came from God to begin with. And now if we think now as Christians, we know that God has given even himself, his own life, to die on the cross for us. And so we too should be motivated, if we serve this God, to then give our lives to freely to those around us. Right, God, Jesus says to love God and love others. And if we are to love God with all our hearts, with everything that we have, and we're now loving other people with everything we have, because God is a God of generosity. And so 
The first thing that David knew was that this God is a God of abundant love. Right, and in, in when we we're going through Ephesians, we went through that very、um, famous passage that we all knew in Ephesians chapter 3. Right, Ephesians chapter 3, 16 to 19. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's Paul's version of this abundant love that Christ has for us. And so maybe we're not motivated to sell everything that we have. But may we at least be motivated to do something. Not necessarily financially, but it could be our time, any, any resources that we have. Right, it could be a skill that you have. And the thing is, we all have something to give to the world. Right, so,、uh, some of us may have it, but we just don't even, maybe number one, we don't recognize it. Or number two, we may think、uh, it's not good enough. And so I think what's good is that maybe just to ask people what, what skill I have. What do you think I'm good at? And, and there are many. Websites out there and many books that, that help you find your strengths. And, and those are very interesting, and, and things come up that maybe you, you never knew you had before. Or it may also confirm. Some strengths that you already think you, you may have. So, number one is that it stems from the abundance of God's love. 
But then number two, also, as we continue in Acts, in Acts chapter 4, so right after our current passage, Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and was distributed to each as any had need. And once again, we have that common theme of how they were selling things and no one had need. But in the beginning it says they had all in common. And that is the idea behind fellowship. The word in Greek is koinonia. You may have heard of it. But it comes from the word koinos, which means common. And so to have fellowship means to share things in common. Such that maybe like in here that no one has need. But the motivation was right in the middle in, at the end of verse 33. It says that great grace was upon them all. So number one, we talked about this abundant love that God has for all of us. But then now here, it talks about this great grace that was upon them. And we talk about grace a lot at church. And maybe we talk about it too much that it just becomes so familiar that we don't really think about it anymore. But what happened to the early church was that they they understood the grace of Jesus Christ dying for them on the cross, that it impacted their life so much that it transformed them to be generous. 
キリストが十字架の上で私たちの自分たちのために死んでくださったことがどれほどの恵みであったかということがよく分かっていたのでそのことが初代教会の人たちに大きな影響衝撃を与えそしてその人たちの人生全てが内からこのように変わったのです。And so that's the thing with grace. それが恵みなのです。When we understand how much it cost God to die for us, to, to be in relationship with us, it should change us from the inside and motivate us, push us, inspire us. To live a new way of life. Right? If we understand what Jesus has done for us, we cannot, we cannot but be transformed. And so, number one is whether we know, whether we feel God has changed, whether grace has changed our life or not, is to make an honest assessment of our lifestyle right now. Yes,、yeah, so, so make an honest assessment of whether your life is honoring God. But how has grace changed your life? Right. What, what sort of areas still need change in your life? Because if we're honest, we all can use some change. Right. It's, it's a lifelong journey that we're in to, to grow into Christ, to be imitators of Christ. And that we call discipleship, right? To give it a Christian sort of word. It, it, that's, that's called discipleship. And so, being Christian, we can't just tick off a box, just check and be finished. It, it means letting go of your old self. And being transformed with new habits, new ways of life. And the people in the early church in Acts understood the grace that came from God and it transformed them. And, and so the love, the generosity, 
and that grace are key motivators that the early church understood. So though we may not be selling all we have, May we be motivated to at least do something. May God's grace change us every day so that we become more like Christ. But we say that, but what does that mean? And like David understood, number one is to be generous. Because he understood that everything that we have comes from God anyway. When he gave everything for the building of the temple, it was as if he's giving it back to God. And so that motivation is where I want to end today's message. Right, because all of us can give. Right, in, in Mark chapter 12, where it talked about this rich man giving and then this following that this poor widow gave two small copper coins, bronze coins. And God honored the offering of this poor widow. Because she gave out of all that she had. Whereas the rich man just gave just a little bit out of the abundance that he had. So there is no formula for how much each one of us should give. Right, because all of us are different. We're in different stages of walk with God and, and is, we're all different. But what we can say is to how are we motivated in our giving? Right, are we giving because we want something in return? Are we simply giving because of our extra time that we sometimes have and so I'll just give that to God? Or are we giving because it sometimes hurts and it pushes us 
and if we feel unnatural to give at that time. But God is saying, look, I want you to give right now, and I want you to give to this person right now. And I'm sure each and every one of us has a certain story that something may have happened to us. Right, something unexpected that out of the blue someone maybe gave us something or, or didn't give us something that, that kind of blessed us. And then in hindsight, they, they have no idea what, what's going on, but we know that, wow, that was definitely from God. And sometimes we may never know too what the result of our giving is. We may never meet that person again. And yet, if God is pushing us, and if we're honest and like, like going back to last week, if we're in God's Word all the time, and we're sensitive to His Spirit, and we feel that nudge of the Spirit to give something of our time or resources to somebody, May we be now vessels to be used by God to bring blessings to this world. And when God sees that, may He be pleased and may He add to the numbers daily. Sounds good. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for being a generous God. Who just gives out of his abundance. More than we ever deserve. And so by knowing that generosity and that grace and that love, May we be transformed to then be generous to others. As you yourself have died on the cross, may we too die to ourselves every day. 
ために十字架の上で死んでくださったように私たちも日々自分自身に自己中心の心にを死んでいきますように。And may we be a church that slowly becomes one that takes care of everyone's needs. そして私たちがゆっくりすべての人の必要を気にかけるそのような教会になっていきますように。May this church, our church and the church worldwide be pleasing to your eyes, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.